conversations with wedding professionals as they share their stories, insights, and tips from inside the wedding industry. We'll chat about how to be authentic and that it's okay not to be perfect or run your business like someone else's Instagram. Let's dive into the privilege it is to serve our clients and discover the talented creatives that make up our community. When we share what we know and who we are, we better serve our couples as a wedding day team, as well as each other. Simply put, be fabo. Now here's your host, Bobby Brinkman. Hello, podcast listeners. Man, is it fabo to have you joining us again today. Before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that it is such an honor that you follow along with us, and I'm so thrilled that you're here I hope that you're enjoying listening to some candid conversations and hearing other wedding pro stories. I'm very blessed that everybody's taking their time to join us. I want to remind you guys to reach out to me via text or via email. You can do that at bobbybrinkman at gmail.com. Let me know your comments, your topic highlights. Anything that you want to talk about, you can reach me there. Once again, that's bobbybrinkman at gmail.com. Also, follow along on my education site on Instagram, which is bfabo. And reach out to me there about speaking, uh, any other round tables you want to have. And you can also get more information at bobbybrinkman.com. So once again, thanks for following along here on the Beef Able Podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'd love to have you subscribe. Don't forget to give us a review here and there to let us know that you're thumbs up or even things that we can improve. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Once again, thanks for following along. Thanks for being Fabo listeners. Let's go to the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. I'm super excited to have with us Tracy Brisson. She's a wedding officiant, an elopement, and intimate wedding planner in Savannah, Georgia. Again, Tracy, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm very excited to share with our listeners how you got where you are, why you do what you do, and, and just all the reasons that you're just fabulous. So thanks for joining us. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Great. So let's kind of dive in a little bit. Tell us why you are a wedding officiant. And what about that makes your heart sing? Well, I became a wedding officiant in August 2014, so almost five years ago now, which just seems incredible. And like a lot of uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs, I started a business because I had a problem, a service I wanted to buy that I couldn't find. Um, I was married in March 2014, and um, I looked for a non-traditional wedding officiant in Savannah where I lived. And I did know that Savannah was a destination wedding place, having uh, walked around any given Saturday and seen, seen like a dozen brides in Forsyth Park. So I was really shocked that I couldn't find an officiant that I was looking for. Um, I got married a little later in life. I was 38, and I never was quite sure that marriage was for me until I met my husband. Um, so I was pretty much approaching it from a non-traditional perspective. The ceremony was very important to me, but because I had a little bit of doubts about the traditional institution of marriage, like I, I just wanted an officiant that was a little bit non-professional, uh, who was a non-traditional, but a professional. It was really important for me to have a professional who could write something custom, you know, had a lot of transparent information on their website. And I couldn't really find someone. And back then in particular, I was looking for a female because for me, I'm a little bit older again, grew up a little bit more traditional. Like there was nothing that could represent the kind of more non-traditional experience than a female officiant. So I couldn't find someone. Um, I ended up having a friend do it. Um, but because she was a friend, um, and she did a great job performing the ceremony, um, I had to write it myself. I had to take a lot of the parts of the ceremony and the content and the planning on. Um, and, uh, you know, I would have preferred to have had a professional. So a few months after my wedding, um, at the time I owned a recruitment business. I worked mostly in education. Um, and I had uh, some contracts that weren't making me happy. I'll just say that. And um, I was thinking of doing something new. In fact, I was thinking at that point, I didn't want to be self-employed anymore at all. I'd been <laughs> working for myself about four years. And I thought some of my unhappiness was from being a business owner. And maybe it was just time 
to go back into the workforce more traditionally and I do a job search, maybe relocate out of Savannah. And uh, my husband, uh, you know, because of his income, I was able to take a short break while I figured that out. And somewhere in that process, um, I was taking like a website marketing course. I started thinking about wedding officiating. For my course, I had to like design a website for a project. Um, and I was like, well, what if I designed a website for officiating? And maybe I could do like one wedding here and there on a Saturday during the summer while we figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, so I spent about a month in this class doing a website and really doing a business plan and thinking about all the things I'd wanted for an efficient that I hadn't been able to find and wondering maybe if other people felt the same way. Um, so I put that website up that summer, like July 2014. And, you know, within a month, the phone didn't stop ringing. The emails kept came, coming in. And six months into it, I started doing this full time, abandoned the full time job search felt like I'd found a calling in some way that kind of captured a lot of things I liked about working with people and serving other people and use of my talents. And yeah, now um, myself and I have a team, which is even stranger. We married uh, slightly over 1300 couples in the last five years. Yeah, so you're, you're definitely the definition of when the dream job becomes the day job. Yes. <laughs> You know, I mean, and, and, but see, that's, that's what I love about entrepreneurship. It's yeah. most of us, like you said, fill the need. There was yes. something missing in our process, no matter what it is. And we're like, you know what, why is this so hard? And then you get into it in like building your website, and everything you're like, well, maybe this is why nobody wanted to do this because a, you have to be found. You can't just sit on the bench. But however, in Savannah, you could sit on a bench because like you, I see it all the time. People get married every five seconds, it seems. Yes, so, it you is. know, so how was it then when you, when you got to this point and you're like, oh my gosh, I do have this calling. And, and by the way, listeners, she is, I have, I've sadly only done one wedding with her, but when I, I did, know. I was elated and I knew immediately this is somebody that I wanted to do more weddings with. So any of the couples listening, I highly encourage you, you know, at the end of the episode here, we're going to find ways that you can reach out to her, but you really need to, to let her help you with this process. Um, because like she said, it's, she brings that perfect mix of, it feels like I've known you for a long time, but then I can also be the serious person that's going to guide you in a way that helps you get happy. So at what point did you realize, Hey, I'm going to need to bring a team on and how did you find them? The first person I brought in was maybe a year into doing this. Yeah, it was August 2015. Um, so one of the things uh, that is unique about Savannah, or and also a lot of places in Georgia, is you cannot get married at the courthouse. Right. Um, so in a lot of states, uh, you know, if you're going to do something really simple and elope, you might go to the courthouse. And there's various reasons why you can't do that in the state of Georgia. Um, one is it's just a part of the state constitution and who can marry you. You have to be a judge or you have to be um, someone who is ordained as part of a religious organization with religious kind of being in quotes. Um, in other states, you could get married by a notary. There's a civil title like justice of the peace, but we don't have any of that in Georgia. I was just going to say, you know, a lot of people and word destination, the number of people that even as a photographer, before we can guide them to the efficient side, they automatically say to me, hey, there's no JPs there. I'm like, nope, you need yeah. to make it official. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I work with a lot of people up from like Massachusetts, for example, since we're a destination. And they're always like, well, you're just like the family will talk to me. And they're like, you're the justice of the peace. And I'm like, well, kind of, not really. <laughs> um, so in Georgia, you, you know, you can't get married that way. You know, you could get married by a judge, but with budgets being what they are, you know, judges do judicial work here. Um, they try cases and stuff. And if you go here to schedule an appointment with a judge, you're going to end up, you know, sitting on a bench in their office between a divorce, a couple who's there for a divorce or criminal matters. It's not very romantic is no. what I'll say. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, one of the things I did um, early on, and I'll just say like one of my philosophies about business is, have you ever read Bossy Pants by Tina Fey? Yes. So 
Tina Fey, uh, you know, that's her memoir. And a part of it is about her at Saturday Night Live and sort of how her as a woman in that kind of very masculine environment, how she kind of got through the ranks. But one of the things she talks about in her book is her philosophy, which is she never says no to things. She uses something from improv called yes and. So if you're in improv and you're, you know, performing with a partner, you know, it's all, you know, spontaneous. So someone will throw something at you and you don't say, no, I'm not going to do that. You go back and then you give them something even more. So you always say yes and you never leave your partner hanging. And she took that and she adapted it to her business. Whenever like she was put in a situation that was not ideal or unexpected, she didn't say, no, I'm not going to do that. She would say, yes, I can do that. And so when I first started officiating, I really thought I was just going to do like creative custom writing, like all ceremonies, like this is what I was going to do. And I quickly found that, you know, there were definitely people who wanted that. Um, and as I've become more established, I find more people who want that. But there are just people who really want a very happy, fun, dignified way to get married. Um, and there was no way to do that. So the first, like around October, like two or three months into the business, I was getting calls that people were like, we just really want to have a marriage license signed, like over and over again. I kept saying, no, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. And I came to a point where I thought about that book and I was like, well, how can I say yes and? Yes, I will do this thing for you but, and it has to be this specific way. So we ended up creating something called a simple signing service where we take care of the minimum requirements to be married in the state of Georgia. We now do that at a chapel that I own, but at the time we did it in different places. And I found a lot of people wanted to do that on Fridays. And that was also a day where people wanted to loop in the park, you know, with the beautiful backgrounds, et cetera. And I couldn't be in more place than one in more than one place. So that was the first time I ended up hiring someone to help me with the signing services. So she only worked on Fridays and did those for me. And I was able to connect ceremonies. And then after that, the next part is when um, I had a baby um, and I went on maternity leave. So I started hiring other people to also help out while I was on that leave. And then when I came back, because I had more people, I was able to answer more inquiries and book more people. So it just kind of stayed that way, even though that wasn't my original intent. So you actually, you're, but, but the good thing about you and, and the way that you created this is your clients that want to hire you still get to talk to Tracy from the beginning process yes. all the way through. And you've just delegated, you know, you're still very much involved. They still get your experience because your people are your extension, but the couple still get part of you, but then you're able to share your gifts you know, not that you're just signing something, but obviously your gifts are much more into the how you can expand and make the people feel and the whole experience. So I think that's wonderful how you, you know, you realize that you can delegate yourself, continue to grow, mm -hmm. and then totally bring in that philosophy of yes and. So I mean, that's a, that's a good way to go about that. And have people have embraced that? People are happy to say, oh, that's great. Whoever you want to send over, that's wonderful. Um, well, we do have all our partner officiants bios on our website. So we have them check them out um, and tell them who's available. Um, and, you know, we do a lot of, we really try to market their personalities. And then we also explain that you're working with me throughout most of the process until we get very close to the ceremony. So you kind of get, you get both parts. So that's really exciting. Oh yeah. So you're totally, it literally, they can come in for a customized elopement, which is not even heard of. I mean, literally across the country. I mean, I travel quite a bit. <laughs> So, I mean, that is, that is a wonderful service. And again, this is just testimony to, you know, how you can take your passion and you can turn it into a business and still by keeping people the forefront of your business, you can run a profitable business. So did you, do you find that you are able to take your experience or your, your heartfelt feelings officiating into other aspects that maybe aren't, you know, say pronouncing people, husband and wife, or, you know, just married, can you take what you do and, and, and lead into a different type of education or another service that makes people feel good or helps them through a hard time? Do you mean like counseling or, yeah. um, we have thought about adding like some premarital counseling, um, and it's not off the table, but it, you know, when we work with elopements and stuff like that, you know, a lot of people are not kind of are not looking for that as right. much. Um, I have had increase for that for some of our bigger ceremonies. Um, 
personally, um, I'm, you know, in the next few years, I'd really like to do more consulting with businesses. I'm that rare person in the wedding industry. So before I started in officiating, I had like a recruitment company and I did career consulting and business consulting. And I, people paid me to go speak and talk about these topics and, um, wrote a book about one of them and even did a TEDx talk. I and then you say, come on, sing your yeah. pages, share with the listeners that you are actually one of those TED talk people. Yeah. TEDx, but still. Um, so I did all that. And then I entered the wedding industry and I know it's more common that people will kind of get really, you know, honed at this. And then they kind of want to do some more consulting and education on the topic. And I was like, Nope, I'm, I'm really good. Just kind of being a service provider, but now five years in, I kind of am thinking I'll probably in the next few years, uh, kind of move a little bit more to helping other business owners in this, uh, space, uh, having been self-employed so long and kind of seeing some of the pitfalls and the things that people don't talk about or, you know, stuff like that. But, um, I really like working with couples. I'd love to also, you know, see, people who want to do something like this in places that are closer to them, you know, the elopements in particular, you know, whether that's licensing the model or doing more coaching with people who want to do that kind of stuff. That's kind of that's right. Yeah. You're definitely an industry and are one of our community leaders where you're always helping to make the wedding industry in Savannah better for all of us. Um, You're raising the bar for the community so that we as vendors, you know, are getting our voices heard, which in turn gets the clients that come here, their voices heard. So, you know, I know you're very busy in that, in that area. How far in advance should couples reach out to you? And are you seeing shorter? I mean, obviously we're going to talk about elopements and then Mm -hmm. you can give us, maybe you can give our listeners your definition of elopement and educate what you think that is. Exactly. So, so what do you think for elopements, how far advanced should couples reach out to you and how far advanced are you seeing them reach out to you? Um, so it's definitely seasonal here and having, having, um, five years of data and I'm a data nerd, like I've, you know, really looked at bookings. Um, you know, so, you know, it's easy to say like, well, we're busy in the spring, but I could tell you like all our elopers come during the week before and after St. Patrick's Day, the first two weeks of April and the last two weeks of May, just based on travel and vacation plans. There's other parts of the year also. Um, so definitely if you want those, one of those prime spots, um, like for example, we have this phenomenon that I love. I need to figure out a name to describe it. But the first two weeks of April every year is when all um, teachers up north in the northern school districts have their spring break and they all come in a loop. <laughs> And it's April Fool's Day and they go back and joke about it. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's weird like that. It's like the number of teachers, they get married over when I always say to people, oh, so I think that's great. Because I mean, they want to do it like on that day and I love it. And I'll say, oh, what's your profession? Oh, I'm a school teacher. I'm a school teacher. I'm like, okay, is that a running joke in the education industry? That if you elope, make sure it's on April Fool's Day because nobody (laughs) can come back. But yeah, around April 1st to April 12th, um, this year, for example, in 2019, like we have at least one every day and multiple ones. So if you're one of those people who you're like, I need, I want to come at a very specific time and it's a peak time to come to Savannah, you should, even though it's an elopement, you should book it probably about six months in advance. Um, but you know, we take bookings up to a year in advance. The one we have the furthest out, we are out right now is November 30th, which is a Saturday after Thanksgiving this year. Um, but if you're looking to get married in August or, um, something else, you know, three months out is fine. Our prices don't change, but because again, last year we uh, worked with people from over 31 States. Um, so a lot of the travel things are by demand. So, you know, a lot of the kind of advice around when to book me has to do a lot with travel rates. Exactly. So are you finding them with the elopements? Again, the definition of elopement, are you just them and you and the photographer? Are you seeing the lovely, Hey, we're eloping and I've got 75 of my (laughs) friends standing here with me. Yes. 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 And yes. (laughs) Crazy, isn't it? I mean, well, so here's my thought on that. So we've worked, we've, um, you know, having done this quite a while, like, you know, we've tried to have a narrow definition and then expand it because we get more requests and then 
scale it back because it wasn't working, et cetera. So we do have a pretty specific, um, you know, back a specific definition of elopements here for our elopement packages. Um, so for us, an elopement has six or fewer guests because that would represent, you know, parents, sister and brother, <laughs> yep. as well as the fact um, for many of with, with elopements here, if you're six or fewer or, you know, or if let's, let me back that up. If you have a small party here, you don't need to get a permit for a square. However, you know, if you're going to bring like 10 or 15 people, like you can't just hang out at the fountain in Forsyth Park and not expect everyone to kind of walk all over you or to get, you know, you're going to be in the way. So if you have six people or fewer, you can pretty much use almost any space here. So that's how we consider that. The other thing that is really important for us, for our clients to understand is like an elopement also requires no setup. Right. So there's no decor, there's no arch, there's no chairs, there's no, there's none of that. We are kind of doing what we, you know, in the industry is called a pop-up. So we pop into a space and we have the right amount of people that we can pop into that space and you have a good private event and you're not in other people's way. Um, so those are the things. But the elopement thing definitely like people, you know, in our industry, people think that an elopement is just an inexpensive wedding, but you know, they have like 50 or 75 guests, but I will say like we make it worse. Cause what will what, on Instagram, for example, like I'll follow the elopement hashtag and which is, you know, big photographers. I feel like they're being featured on there and, you know, I'll be scrolling through Instagram and a picture will come up for the elopement hashtag. And there is nothing in that photo that represents an elopement. Nothing. There's like on the side of a mountain sparklers. It's also on the side of a mountain and you don't even see the photographer and you know it's set up hours in advance and it's who wouldn't want to elope here? I mean, yes. And that's a whole new hashtag of the adventure elopement. Oh yes. This, and I mean, I, I, I have some photographer friends that are out on the West coast and they are, they are literally making enough money on their adventure elopement that they don't have to take full blown Saturdays anymore. Because oh, yeah. people are getting inefficient like you and you're literally just talking, but they're hanging on a mountainside and can't even hear you. And the yeah. photographer is doing something. So I, I, this is why in the industry we get these trends and these changes, but yeah. we in the industry have got to educate our people. Exactly. And I think that our clients definitely think that if I tell them wedding, it'll be a fee. If I tell them elopement, it'll be a different fee. Yes, and until right. we all get on the same page. I show up for an elopement and there's 75 people standing there with chairs and lanterns and usually a musician. And I look at the efficient and go, what do we just get punked on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gosh, that is, I'm glad to see that you're, that you see that too. So expand a little bit on the importance of why they should hire you mm-hmm. and why they should hire in a professional efficient for the simple fact that in Savannah, we do have regulations on these permits and stuff. And how embarrassing is it? And I've seen it happen on other weddings where I've seen somebody else get busted, not on my own, but how embarrassing it is when you don't follow the rules. And this is because you chose not to have any of a vendor that is professional, but especially efficient that can guide you to these rules. Yes. So I definitely think there's a few reasons why a professional is a good idea. Well, one in particular, if you're going to a destination, like you know, hire someone who, who's there. Um, they're going to be able to give you a wealth of experience about um, sort of what's worked and what hasn't worked. Um, you know, and that's probably for any vendor category, but right. definitely for the efficient. Um, marriage is governed by state laws. Um, so, you know, your friend who has officiated in Pennsylvania, that does not mean he knows the laws here in Georgia. Um, I go to the courthouse, uh, probably about once a week to file licenses for people in person who pay me to do that. And, um, so I become friends with the clerks there and they have like a basket that they'd love to show people of, you know, close to a hundred marriage licenses that, you know, they can't do anything with and they can't get in contact with the person because the officiant didn't fill it out. Right. Um, so for example, um, there's a, uh, line where you have to say your title, like what, what is your authority to marry these people in the state of Georgia? And someone like wrote, I'm her brother. (laughs) (laughs) 
And they're like, we, and the person, we can't get in touch with the person. They've never contacted us to ask us why, you know, where's their marriage? Like, where's the, their official copy? They don't even know they're not legally married. Um, another one is in the state of Georgia, you know, the officiant takes care of the paperwork. It goes back to the courthouse and they record it. And there's a section on the license. Like it says book and chapter because that's how it works in government. They have a big book of, you know, the public record of all the marriages and they assign the number as they come in. And like, it'll happen with like uh, family members, like filling that in and they'll put like a Bible, like, you know, Genesis one, one chapter one, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so you went from having a non-traditional you know, <laughs> wedding to having this recorded as a biblical you know, yeah. you know, reference. <laughs> but again, like, it's funny, but uh, in reality is people are not legally married because their paperwork was not done correctly. You know, I'm not one of those people who I definitely know in some of my national and international officiant groups that people are really big on like credentials and rule, like government rules and stuff. And eh, I'm not so much about that. Like, you know, just because I have the legal identity as an officiant means that I'm going to do a better job than your friend. But I have a lot of knowledge about basic paperwork and stuff like that as well. And then the other thing is if you hire a professional, like they're going to take care of the details and let you know, kind of hit They just have so much stuff that they can help you with. Like I said, I had a friend officiate my wedding, but then I had to do all the work for the ceremony. And some couples might feel like, well, that's okay. Like I want to do that. But when you're planning a wedding and my wedding was really small, like in the end of the day, as it starts getting closer, you're kind of like, Ugh, why why am I doing that? Like right. someone else could have done this for me who know, you know, ha- who doesn't have to Google, like, where do I do this in a wedding ceremony? Um, exactly. You're really like paying for like that person to t- take their expertise and their knowledge and to take a level of stress from you. Um, so those are the kind of things why I think it's important to hire a professional wedding officiant. Like if you want something laid back and you don't want to be stressed about it, the way to do that is to not have your friends do it for you. <laughs> like who've never done it before. At the end of the day, your friend needs to be your friend tomorrow. You know, yeah. you know, you can yeah. be mad at your vendors tomorrow, but it's real hard to tell your friend, I never want to see you again. You know, it's so, you know, there's things to be said. So along those lines, can you officiate in churches? Uh, have you officiated in churches and in Savannah, where's your favorite place to perform a ceremony? Um, so I have officiated in churches in Savannah and two actually, um, where the pastor, um, gave me officiating privileges. They were both very specific individual situations where the pastor either was unavailable or did not, um, did not want to marry that couple or could not under their faith, but were, was happy to provide the space under certain circumstances. So I have, but it's not, it's not frequent. You know, I'm a woman, a lot of churches don't, have those kind of leaders. Um, you know, I'm always kind of like, I don't mean to poke fun at some of my clients, but I'll, you know, I'll have like a client who will hire me as a woman and then, you know, they're a same sex male couple and, you know, and they'll kind of put in their preferences and don't forget we're Catholic. (laughs) Like, well, you know, I respect your faith, but you know, you do have to understand if you're a Catholic and you're hiring a woman and you're a same sex couple, like there's not much I can do. Right. That's why you're getting married outside in the middle of Forest Side Park. Yeah. You you know, so, um, so I don't do many church weddings for a variety of reasons. Um, about 50% of my couples are secular. Um, and that doesn't mean necessarily they don't believe in God, but for whatever reason, they don't want that as part of their ceremony for there's lots of reasons why people who do believe in God may not want that as part of their wedding ceremony. And some are non-believers period. Um, and then about 50% of mine, the other are like interfaith. Um, which is some of my favorites, kind of bringing in people's cultural traditions in a non-traditional way, um, as well as um, just generally um, spiritual, bringing in God into the ceremony. Um, and then uh, as far as favorite places, ooh, that's a hard one. I know. Uh, because, you know, last year I did 83 ceremonies at the fountain at Forsyth Park. So Jeez. it's, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's like, like this is my day at the office <laughs> exactly um, you have a little block you, you need to invest in that block that's just <laughs> a business name right here you know get that turn that into your accountant what is this brick for well that's where i stand <laughs> i like that i you should um, meet me there hey you yeah. find a brick meet me at the brick and i'll meet you right there at this time um 
Forsyth Park, though, you know, it's, I would say, you know, and if anyone ever asked me this, I'm honest with, it's not my favorite part place because, um, you know, that fountain, like, depending on the lighting of the day, it can really not be the prettiest of the photos for the background. And then also, you know, there's just strange people who will walk up, even like when you have like a permitted wedding, like people will get really strange about, about Forsyth Park and, and not being able to walk through, like it's a public space. Like people will give security guards hard time. I once had some wedding crashers at a permitted wedding too. That was fun. Right. Um, I, my, my favorite, some of my Forsyth Park stories are they put up the yellow tape. So I get yeah. people from New York going, Oh my God, it's a crime scene. And they come running over and you're like, no, no. And they're like, Oh, it's a wedding. Did somebody get shot? Is yeah. And you, and it's totally depending on where you're from, the Chicago yeah. people, the New York people, they come running over going, Oh, it's just a wedding with yellow tape. Cause in their mind, yeah. and then they, are they just lift up the tape because they think it is a crime scene and they get their phone out and the look on their faces when my camera reaches them is like, Oh wait, this is like legitly doing yeah. something. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, it's not infrequent when like a random person in Savannah, like I'll see on the street and they're like, Oh, I saw you in my Facebook feed this weekend. Someone record, like, you know, took a picture of you yep. performing a wedding. It's like people we are, I am in so many random like tourist, like, you know, things that people post on Facebook, but um, they, I love it when yeah. they tag it like Savannah weddings, then we all get seen and we're like, Oh, that's great. This person <laughs> over my, gives a whole new word to photo bomber. You know, I'm now photo bombing their photo and blocking yeah. their way. So yeah, yeah. it amazes me. Um, I tell all my couples, especially on, you know, for doing an engagement session, Hey, we're going to be walking around. Do not be surprised that the trolley, when they come by, they all get to one side and take, and we'll lean over and start taking photos of you. And the couples are like, Oh, that won't happen, Bobby. And within two minutes it goes by and they slow the trolley down and people come and they're snapping out, just wave, just wave. And they're like, we don't even know those people. I'm like, right, but they're in Savannah and it's a wedding. And that would be the tourist thing to do. Yes. Trolley, you know? Yes. And I go, they also think we're doing a movie because we, I get that a lot. People walk up to me and go, so what movie you're doing? I'm like, we're doing an engagement session. Yep. But for what movie? (laughs) And you're like, no, no, this is legit. We're just doing this. And my couples all now think it's funny because I pre tell my couples this can happen. So I, I totally know that, you know, you're doing a wedding and there could be three or four you know, going on at the same time. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, so other than Forsyth Park, you know, where are some of the places in the area that you kind of, you know, really do you encourage people to go that mm-hmm. way sometimes? Um, well, I do like Lafayette Square a lot. It's got the perfect, like it's perfect at all times a day. Um, it's pretty. Um, I, I was personally married in Troop Square. I really like Troop Square. It's a circle format and it's got this like nerdy statue yeah in the middle. It's really fun. Um, outside the downtown area. Um, I do like the Savannah Botanical Gardens on Eisenhower. Um, they do a really great job and it's very pretty, um, in their gazebos. And, um, I'm starting to, I'm trying to get people to go out to Oatland Island out, um, on Wilmington Island on the way to Tybee. It's a nature reserve uh and it's managed by the chatham county public school system so if you have your ceremony there your fees go to uh, public school programs for children to go and visit the nature preserve and do special programs um but it's really magical there they have um all you know all the moss that savannah uh, that savannah is known for and they have a dock and a marsh and so there's a lot for and they have a built-in ceremony area so there's a lot of nice things that people can take advantage of for their well, that photos. won't be a secret now you've just told how many photographers that that's where they need to go i actually don't mind that because i've been trying to convince people to go out to oatland island but there are no photos right. online of any ceremonies now i've officiated there but like the three times i officiated there the couples were super private and were like no you cannot post my photos <laughs> so and i would never they weren't my it wasn't part of one of my elopement packages anyway but i would never do that anyway I'd like post something if someone told me not to but yeah. So if you Google, you go on Instagram, any of those things, it's almost impossible to find. So I don't mind people going to show everyone else how great it is. Gosh, that's great. So uh, any trends, are you seeing anything, you know, a trend you like, a trend you wish would come back is that people are incorporating in their ceremonies? Um, well, I definitely do find um, like as, you know, as we've, 
I've really been pushing elopements and intimate weddings that I do find that even when they're smaller, like people are taking the opportunity to customize their ceremony. Like every year I do this, like more people ask me to do that. And that could be, you know, readings or a little bit about them or rituals. Sand ceremonies are very popular in this area of the country, as well as like with a lot of the audiences that um, come to me for elopers. Like, I don't know if it's just me and like who I attract or if it's elopements in particular, but a lot of the couples that I book and work with are a little bit older. Like I'd say like mid thirties to mid forties. Um, they may be second marriages. They may not be. Um, I definitely have a, like a little niche going with like people in their sixties or seventies who elope, which is really awesome. Those are some of my favorite people. Right. I love the um, stories. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I do find like a little bit more of that custom. I thought as far as Savannah goes, um, you know, I didn't realize, like I've been getting a lot of requests to go to Wormslow, uh, which I know like, you know, we always have inquiries for Wormslow, but I didn't realize like how, like, it's just been a lot and a lot. But we were on the Today Show recently right. um, as one of the top places to travel to. And, you know, they showed a picture of Worms on the Today Show. And my family and I just went to Disney, and we drove back um, up 95. And I saw at least one Visit Savannah billboard. And it's, a fo- like, an engagement-style photo at Wormslow, like, on a huge billboard. And I'm like, right. aha, that is the trend and why everyone wants to get married at Wormslow. Hence, that's why they raise their prices now to go out oh, yeah. and photo shoot. It's so it's really expensive. Once we tell people what the prices are, they're like, Forsyth Park will be fine. Well, and also you got to get in there before five o'clock. And I mean, yeah, it, and while it's beautiful there, all those trees look really good when the sun's going to set closer to seven thirty and eight and, and yeah. depending on the time of year there. And you also better bring a half a basket of buck spray. Cause let me yeah. tell you, the gnats in Wormslow are, you know, I, I have done two weddings at Wormslow where we've got married there and had the reception. And mm-hmm. while it's beautiful, I can tell you that on both those weddings, the guests were miserable. Yes. They, they were uncomfortable. They had to walk so far. It was dusty. Um, so it's kind of like, I think when we do destination weddings, a, a lot of the couples and, and our couples that are listening you know, do your research. You can find a exactly. beautiful place, but then ask your officiant, hey, if I got married this time of day, people like you are going to say, hey, it's going to be really dark there or buggy. And it's not that we want to yeah. crush anybody's dreams. Mm-hmm. We're the experts and we yeah. can tell you what's going to happen at this time of day. Like, don't get married on St. Patrick's Day. Don't even think to come here. Don't come near it. I mean, half of the businesses are closed. You know, yeah, you know, we close. You know, we, so there's no point. I already made my uh, arrangements to go to Jacksonville that weekend. Exactly. I mean, so so get out of here. So so I, I do like the fact that you at least are seeing nothing crazy, you know, with the trends that are coming up. So remind everybody a little bit too, just officiating, already do the planning and do your services involve a bouquet, the photographer. Do you have a level of all that? Yes. So um, I originally started just as an officiant and then I had a small package with a photographer who actually shot my wedding, Um, you know, because I thought, you know, quite frankly, if there had been a package when I got married that was like a photographer and officiant and they both were like a very modern vibe, my husband and I would have like booked them in a second and got married. I agree 100%. Um, and, but we didn't find that. So, uh, you know, I told her like, you know, I'll, I'll try to book you together. And then the first year we didn't get a lot of people who wanted that. Like almost everything I booked was officiating only. Um, we did get some people though. Um, and then once those, fo- once I had photos, um, like from those and, you know, probably I would say once I got to about 30 couples where I had photo like photos of a similar style and showed elopements and stuff and were able to put them on social media and um and the website was when people were like oh I want to do that package exactly um so it's kind of switched over time but now like you know and again I I like to really kind of listen to what people want and then see how I can deliver it so uh you know you can hire us to officiate only or you can do one of our ceremony plus photography packages and so I love the fact that you're educating any of those you know that you do want to be of service by saying hey 
this is what we do, but we can mm -hmm. tailor it to be like this. So, you know, again, this is exactly why you're doing 83 weddings by yourself in Foresight Park. Because, <laughs> you know, you're listening to your customers and you're, and you're leading with service. So those are a lot of the good things that you have going on, but what's the hardest thing as a business owner, especially in the wedding industry that you struggle with daily or something? Um, that is a really interesting question. Um, I do think one of the things for me for elopements that probably does not happen for you, Bobby, for example, is like, I get a lot of cancellations. Um, so last year we married 351 couples and I had 39 cancellations. Wow. And cancellations mean like they've paid a non-refundable retainer and we've gotten into the process of we've accepted a questionnaire from them. Like we're there, you know, we're, we're planning their wedding, even if it's the most basics. Um, that is like something I want less of this year. So it's always kind of a process of like, well, why are people canceling? What can I do? If they just I mean, decided not to come to Savannah, they thought, okay, well, I'm just not, I mean, and they don't even think about it, but the courtesy not to call you and say, Hey, by the way, we changed our mind. Yeah. I mean, people tell me, and then they ask for their retainer back and I explain yeah. why I can't give it back because you know, you, I, you, I, Turn people away for your day. Um, but you know, it was a little, it's, it's hard. Cause I'll, I'd say about 50% of those like called the wedding off completely. So it had nothing to do with right. there. And then, you know, and those are really hard conversations to have. Like you, you know, have to, you know, people are like, well, I found out he cheated on me, et cetera. I found out he's already married. That happened last year. <laughs> that was fun. So people are kind of confiding in you like really difficult and dark situations that happen to them. But at the same point, like as a business owner, you know, we have done hours and hours and hours of planning and turned people away. So, you know, I try to, in those situations, like, you know, case by case basis, but I can't just, you know, refund a retainer. You know, oh, I have to pay people who've worked for me. Exactly. We, we are, you know, we have to put our faith. It's an interview process and it's a retainer process and it's just as much good faith for I'm going to show up exactly. as they're going to show up. So I know people get annoyed sometimes to say, hey, well, we have to have the retainer. Well, I don't have anything nailed down yet. Well, as long as you don't change your date, the logistics we can do later, but yeah. you have to get me booked or I'm not going to be available. And then the conversation when you call back later is I'm booked and you're then you get mad. And they're mad. Yeah, exactly. whole bad date, you know? It, that's a whole other kind of like difficult situation. But yeah, so cancellations are always a hard thing for me. Um, and then uh, the other, you know, and I got stricter in my contract about the retainer being non-refundable. So I thought like, oh, well, my cancellations will go down, but they didn't. They went up. So I just, you know, I had like about $5,000 last year of retainers for weddings that didn't happen, which made me very sad. Right. Um. The other issues would be, um, you know, I have a two and a half year old. So like figuring out the balance of being home with him and my family and not missing things while also, you know, serving my customers and making money and doing all those good things and, and that kind of stuff. Um, it's definitely a process to figure out you know, what works for everyone. Um, the first year of his life, we had like a part-time nanny and I worked part-time and I thought I was going to like pull my eyes out at the end of the year. Um, but then the second year he really, we thought he'd be better in like an early learning center during the day anyway, because he's very inquisitive and wanting to play all the time. Um, so he goes to daycare now and that's a little bit easier on me, but also, you know, I have to like plan out a year in advance. These are the weekends. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be with my family on these weekends and my partner officiants can take those weekends. Exactly. And you have to do that. I, I tell you have to. creative entrepreneur, you get the schedule and you schedule yourself off because exactly. you know, we, don't, we don't have any kids, but you know, and, and, and I always admire in this industry the commitment that every one of you parents put up for every single Saturday. And I, I stress and I say it all the time, and I know people get tired of me saying it, but you cannot get so busy telling everybody else's story that you're not telling your own. Oh, yeah. And these kids, I know at this age that they miss you, but they don't miss you. But when yeah. he starts going to swim or playing exactly. soccer, you're, you're, you, know, you don't want to really miss that second goal. And, and even though you're only there for a short part of the day, you mm -hmm. often do multiple for the day. So you're yes. still gone for the day. So, yeah. you know, I admire... Every, I admire all parents in general anyway um, that mm -hmm. try to do the work-life balance, but especially an emotional industry like weddings where 
we have to be dealing with all the emotions and we see how important it is to be here. And by the same token, we're missing something at home. So, you know, yeah. I, I wish we, if we had a magic pill, I think we'd all take it, but especially as women and especially somebody like you who is in the efficient role, you're definitely a pleaser and you're a solver. So yeah. you will often put everybody else's needs far beyond your own, but you know, so that's, that's, so what is there an app? I mean, I know you're a nerd. Is there an app or something technology wise that you can't do your job or live without it? Um, well, I definitely use Google calendar. So, you know, being able to, um, you know, see everyone's schedule for all our officiants, photographers, my own, my family, which is really good. I use lots of different calendars for different purposes. Um, so not everything is on Tracy Brisson's calendar. I have like various calendars that I can pull up, et cetera. Like for example, I have a financial calendar for financial deadlines and it's coded yellow. So today I have a yellow task that comes up and I can see that and that helps me organize. We also, because we have a team, we use an app called Slack that really um, helps us a lot keep everything um, simple. Um, so Slack is like a team messaging program and it has different channels and you can also direct message individual or groups of people about specific things. Um, and it's much easier than like Facebook or text messaging. Um, it also has like automated things. So for example, um, you know, we have everyone who does any contracting for us in there and, um, you know, every Monday at 9am it automatically puts out all our events and who's doing them every week so everyone can make sure they confirm their calendar, um, stuff like that. We also use polls and Slack. So for example, I had two come in today for dates. I'm not available. Um, so I put a simple poll and it just says yes, no with the date. And it goes to a specific like channel that only officiants are in. And basically, you know, wherever they are now, they just pull up their phone and just click a button. Yes, I'm available. No, I'm not available. So it's not a lot of like going back and forth to figuring out all the scheduling things. So, so Slack is time. number one. Yeah. So it definitely saves time. And which is, I think, yeah. going back to work-life balance, if we could all yeah. save those 10 or 15 seconds where you could talk oh. to your son instead of going back and forth and asking, I, I think that's great. Yeah. So is there any, is there a piece of advice along the way, you know, whether wedding related or just in general that you still hold very true to where you are today? Any advice that somebody gave you along the way? Like as far as being a business owner or just anything, just like, you know, just any a piece of advice that just sticks with you that every once in a while you'll be doing something and you'll hear that little sound or that little yes. phrase in your head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my academic background is actually in economic, public economics and finance. Um, I studied uh, it at the more general uh, public affairs policy at the bachelor's degree and then I have a master's in economics and finance um, and I had a really really strong mentor in undergraduate that um, and I graduated from college a very long time ago um, but I still talk with him every now and then um, and he's really fun and interesting like when he I told him about my son he's like I can't wait till he drives you as crazy as you did when you were in college <laughs> Um, so, but he, he had this saying, I mean, he even had t-shirts made up at the time and it was more about, um, uh, you know, from, we were public policy students and like one of the things about public policy and we saw this through the government shutdown is like, you only have so many resources and competing priorities. And, you know, when you're kind of figuring out a public policy problem, problem and trying to figure out the specific way to kind of get to the best result. You have to think about life as an aggregation problem. Um, and then he would say, you know, and that's an in individual life also. So basically you have to like aggregate like all the things that you want to do and all the things that you have in your life and kind of put them, you know, and kind of see what the problem is and try to make the best balance of it. You can't do everything perfectly. You just have to kind of like see this aggregation problem, like, you know, your role as a mother, your role as a wife, your role as a business owner, your role as a friend, as a daughter, and kind of put it together as best as you can. Um, it was a catchy phrase. And, you know, I don't work in public policy anymore. So I don't have to worry about like public policy benefits and stuff like that. But I do kind of I think about that phrase all the time when I'm trying to manage both a business problem and like, or an individual problem, like if you know, uh, like a wedding budget, for example, your wedding budget is an aggregation problem. Like you have a budget and things cost this amount of money. Um, so, you know, you have to figure out within that, what are your priorities? And also kind of knowing like what, what 
things are going to have the most impact. So going with a, um, you know, a makeup artist that is less experienced and costs less is not going to solve the problem of having way too many guests on your list kind of thing. So kind of aggregating all these different things into like the best possible solution for you. Um, you know, having gone through that like economics training, I tend to think a lot about like economic things like opportunity costs and efficiency and stuff like that. Well, and again, that's weddings are expensive and oh, if you yeah. hire a professional, we're going to be able to help you trim things down a little bit that isn't going to quote cost you anything on the experience side, but only enhance everything for your experience. And, and we are very fortunate here in Savannah with the wedding professionals that we have here. Mm -hmm. We are all so caring and we all put our clients first and that's why we make such a great team. So before we wrap up yep. again, listeners, I want to remind everybody, we're going to have Tracy back later on. We're going to be doing some in-depth topics. Tracy's full of some specific topics. So along the process here, uh, couples that are getting ready to get married, make sure you send us some questions, DM me some questions that you want to ask specific to what Tracy and her field is, efficient questions. But we're going to have Tracy back a couple times over the course of the year, and we're going to dive into specific episodes that just deal with some education. But today, it was real important for me to introduce you to her and the fabul person that she is and all that she has to offer. So again, thank you for being here. Remind everybody where they can find you. Sure. Um, you can find me on the internet at our website, which is savannacustomweddings.com and uh, also on Instagram. And that's just my name at Tracy person. That is fabulous. All right, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you all in a couple weeks when we come back for a wedding Wednesday live launch. Stay tuned everybody. And thanks for following us. Once again, Tracy, thanks for being around today and being fabulous. Thank you for having me. For more information about today's episode, check the show notes at BeFabopodcast.com. Hey, while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for Monday Motivations, delivered hot to your inbox. And there will be more. Can we say more? Till next time, be fabo.